From Las Vegas, Nevada, comes Steve Scott of The Word 66. Thanks for joining The Antidote, Steve. I really appreciate you having me on. Have you ever thought that this was a paradox? Here you are, you're having a Christian band calling Sin City home. Yeah, you know, some people, they do mention that. And I feel a little weird about it sometimes, too, you know, the whole stigma of Vegas. But, you know, by the same token, hopefully it lets people know that there are people like us that actually live there as well. So there is some degree of normality. Yeah, yeah. And there is some hope, you know. (laughs) (laughs) There's some hope for Vegas, hopefully. Well, you guys fit in an odd spot because the word 66 is a new band, but none of you guys are kids. So why start this up? You know, my story, uh, you know, if I, you don't mind if I take uh, two, three hours to explain um, <laughs> or, or to make a short story long. Um, I was uh, I was out of religion, out of the church and all kinds of stuff for quite a long time. In fact, I even put my guitar down for quite a long time as well. And then it is my belief that God had called me back specifically to do this project. I believe he said that this is your purpose and this is what you need to do. And it got me back into things. So so that's why at that point in time, I started looking for you know some other musicians and it all just kind of came together. And it was no stretch for you to get that done. You know, musicians, how do I put this? <laughs> Can be kind of flaky, you know, so it's kind of hard to get those pieces in place. But again, we're being guided by God and, uh, you know, it, it just seemed to happen. And we believe that this is what's supposed to happen. Of course, we've been hearing about you. What about the other band members? Who have you got? Uh, Dave Murray is on drums, and uh, my man, Brian Torres, is on bass and vocals. You guys met through church? No, not at all. Actually, uh, I met Dave. I placed an ad, uh, and uh, he answered that. And uh, we got together, and, uh, and it worked well. And then eventually, we were searching for a vocalist. That's when we found Brian. How nice. Yeah. So I wish we had a church. That would have been great. But it's never that simple. No, not that simple. Now, the Antidote listeners have never heard one of your songs, so let's pull one in. On the way to the promised land, it does say promised land, not promised. You must have a reason for that. No, not really. Um, you know, the inspiration for the song, of course, it's, it's based on the book of Exodus, And if you listen closely to the lyrics, it kind of takes you in a chronological order through the events that happened. And um, I was just kind of messing around with my guitar one day and it just popped into my head. And I just started writing the the melodies and then the vocals came and I was just like, wow, I should write about the book of Exodus. Something else about On the Way to the Promised Land. Part of one verse says, listen closely and never question and you'll be blessed all your days. I think I see where you're going with that, but let me just bring up a point. Can we not question our faith? I think everybody does. I'm not uh, different from everybody else. I mean, I have questions as well. 
But, uh, you know, getting back to the whole exodus thing, you know, as you know, they were on that long journey and they were questioning everything. You know, they were wondering, why did you take us out? You know, why, why did you release us from this fantastic slavery that we were in to try to bring us to the promised land? You know, so I think that's super interesting, you know, and I, I wanted to touch on a few of those things. The word 66 is sort of 70s and 80s style, straight up rock and roll. Is there still a place for that? I hope so. <laughs> you know, some people have mentioned that to us, you know. Everybody's got their own ideas of where things uh, are supposed to be and what they think of. Like, say, they listen to music. You know, there are some people that are saying, hey, this is very 80s. And there are other people that are saying, you know, other things. You know, we're getting radio play even on some hardcore radio stations, which is kind of cool, actually. But yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, we were just featured this past weekend on a hairband station. So um, it's dead to some people, but to others, it's still very much alive. It's funny you mention about hairbands. I remember the days of hair, but I haven't seen them for some time. <laughs> you know, I used to have hair down on my butt once upon a time. <laughs> You know, I saw a list of your influences, Sabbath, Zeppelin, Disciple, and Thousand Foot Crutch. That's a pretty wide range of styles. So you need to tell me, how important is the music compared to the lyrics? You know, when I was growing up, I would have to say, for instance, that Sabbath was probably one of my favorite bands. I mean, they, they kind of used to freak me out as a little kid because the, the melodies were so potent you know and they were they were just so cool you know those fifths were, were so amazing that uh, that tony would play and I, I think that probably to this day some of the music that i write is influenced by sabbath even though they're not the most christian band uh in the world sure. <laughs> but uh if you listen to the lyrics in our music you know we're, we're sending out a certain kind of message but at the same token, the music is kind of powering the, the, the lyrics as well. You know, uh, we have some other stuff that you're not familiar with and nobody is yet. Um, but sometimes when I play it, I think to myself, wow, the rhythm's kind of dark, you know. But of course, the lyrics are positive. So maybe... You know, our style is kind of a, a reason why God had called us back to do this, because maybe we're going to reach certain people. It's the message. That's where Disciple and Thousand Foot Crutch come into it. Exactly. And those guys are awesome. Um, I, I'm a big Disciple fan. And yeah, I mean, uh, I've always dug their music. I got to say that your style goes back even further on I Feel the Love, Sweet as Candy. It has this riff that takes me back to Cream's Sunshine of Your Love. You know, I think the reason why is the little syncopation in the actual riff. Exactly. So that might uh, bring that up, but it's really not that similar. Tell me about the song itself. Um, it's a ballad of sorts to, to God. Um, 
it's about a person that really thought they were something spectacular. You know, uh, like the beginning lyrics, it happened so fast, my world turned gray. Uh, once a big talker, left with nothing to say. A lot of other stuff that I write is about, you know, the struggles that everybody goes through in life. And uh, this particular person thought they were kind of all that. And then they realized that they weren't. And they realized that they were on the wrong path. And then when he got himself on the right path, he realized that he was feeling the love. And that's where that sweet as candy comes in. We have the parentheses. I feel the love. Parentheses, sweet as candy. You know, when we refer to the song, we always call it candy, you know, or sweet as candy rather than I feel the love. Um, and, and I think that's just really cool because that just as a candy lover <laughs> myself, someone who's had a million cavities in their life. <laughs> I, I think that's just really cool because candy is amazing. It's just so sweet and it makes you smile and it makes you happy and it, it makes your taste buds light up and be happy. So God is doing that to this person and hopefully to anybody else who gets the message. I understand that completely because I have a package of Smarties sitting beside me here at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing more of the uh, dark chocolate lately. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I have to say that I've always thought of artists creating music first for themselves and their audience comes second. Is that right or wrong? You know, a realization uh, had happened for me at one point. I was thinking that the reason why I never really made it big in the music industry before was because I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it for me. I wanted to be that person. I mean, when I was a kid, all I ever wanted to do was to sell records that go platinum and sell out Madison Square Garden. You know, that was the big, big dream. And I think because of the selfishness involved, you know, I never really got that far. I realized that doing this for God is really where it's at. And we also come to the realization that, you know, if God wants this project to be something, you know, to really take off, then fantastic, man. But if it doesn't, and he just wants us to put the music out there and get it to certain people, and maybe we could do some gigs in some places and, and bring the love to those areas, then, then that's great as well. You know, so be it. I got to tell you that I really love the Word 66 cover of Spirit in the Sky. Something that's interesting, though, is that I read a quote from Norman Greenbaum about writing the song, and he said, the line, never been a sinner, I never sinned, upset some Christians. When I said I can do this, meaning writing the song, that didn't mean I could do it perfectly. It wasn't my religion, I just did it. I didn't think twice about it. I mean, I do get that, because, of course, Greenbaum was Jewish, but why couldn't the word 66 change the lyrics for your recording? <laughs> well, when we recorded the song, we, uh, of course, it, it's always best to stay as true to the song as possible, I believe. So basically what we did was just kind of modernized a li little bit. We kind of rocked it out a little bit, uh, especially in the end, you know, where we got the double bass going and stuff like that. So we, we kind of uh, altered that a little bit. 
Um, I remember reading something about Norman as well, where he was saying that he just happened to hear a song, you know, and he was like, I can do that, you know, and, you know, that's where Spirit in the Sky came in. He didn't realize the genius involved at that time. Um, and it's funny because I just had somebody else from a, a big radio station just mention the same thing to me. He said, what you should do, he says, is go back in the studio, record that last verse and just even the first couple lines. And he made a couple suggestions of what I could do. And he was saying that it would make a huge difference for us getting that song played. Do you think that's possible? Anything's possible. Does it need to be done? I don't really think so. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of thinking like, well, yeah, that's a good idea. And, and perhaps when we went into the studio, we had that you know, on our minds at that point, then maybe we could have changed out a couple of words or so. But, you know, I, I think people know this song and when they hear it, hopefully they're going to be singing along to it and they know the lyrics, you know? I think you've already answered this, but let me bring in the big question. What does the word 66 want to achieve? You know, the main thing for us is to spread the word through the music. We believe our purpose in life is to spread the word through this music in the style that God has given me the ability to write. And I think that we're supposed to reach some people, you know, that maybe other bands maybe aren't going to reach for some reason. You know, we're, we're getting played on all kinds of stations right now. Hair metal stations are getting played on your Christian stations. We're getting played on the hardcore stations as well. Where at, at first, you know, it's funny because I thought that, do I really want my music played on those hardcore stations? And then I realized that I look at it like we're bringing some light to the darkness, <laughs> you know? And uh, it's funny because this one station that plays us, I, I was checking them out on Facebook and they mentioned that, hey, we're playing, uh, you know, uh, on the way to the promised land right now. And there are several people that gave like the thumbs up, they like it. And so maybe we're gonna reach some people in certain ways that normally can't be reached. Um, you know, we're hoping that, you know, we're an unsigned band at the moment. Um, we're hoping that in the coming year, we're gonna be able to get, get our record deal um, we're going to be able to finish the record and hopefully that things will get back to semi-normal uh, and uh, we can go out and tour and spread the word that way. Here's another question then to follow <laughs> up on that. What type of music does God prefer? You know, there's this one term and I can't remember. I should have looked this up before we did this. It's a weird word. And I remember my pastor at church, you know, a little ways back, he mentioned that word. And it was like a word that has to do with that God loves loud worship music. And I think if you're just praising him, it doesn't matter what the music is. I think the point is what he's looking for. Is that heavy? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Steve, I really appreciate this. Thanks for coming for this talk about the word 66. Yeah, Dave, thanks, man. We really appreciate you having us on. We appreciate the opportunity. You got a fantastic show. Uh, it's an honor being on here with you. And uh, hopefully uh, people will uh, learn a little bit about the word 66 and uh, 
all that kind of fun stuff. 